everybody, we're back here in Mining Stock Daily with a corporate update from Ridgeline Minerals. They trade on the TSX Venture with RDG and also on the OTCQB with RDGMF. They are a sponsor of the podcast, and I'm also a shareholder. Uh, joining me today is Chad Peters. Uh, Chad, I just uh, literally last week got home uh, from my site visit with you, and thank you so much for uh, your hospitality and, and driving us around, giving us the uh, Grand North Nevada tour via the highway there and uh, off-roads, I might say. But uh, it's, it was a pleasure to have you back on the show, nonetheless. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we got a couple things to kind of catch up on. Uh, you know, we can break it down into uh, news out of Swift as of recently, news out of Selena, and then just also an update from what's happening at the drilling at Carlin East. Uh, but let's do start with Swift because that was the news of the day. Uh, you are increasing that already substantial land package there at Swift. Um, uh, give us a rundown of why uh, you're picking up these claims and really what you see here that uh, allowed you to really uh, you know be pertinent with this. Yeah, I guess we're kind of going all in on on Swift at this point. With uh, we we added a, a 50% increase or 312 uh, claims to the property, so we're now at 75 square kilometers, which is um, I would say probably one of the largest um, land packages held by a junior in Nevada at this point. Um, just that project alone in a contiguous uh, claim block. So um, big chunk of ground. And the reason we did that was we drilled the Wenban formation in 2020. So we didn't hit any huge intercepts, um, unfortunately, with our first two holes. The third one was lost last year. Um, we did hit sporadic uh, gold and silver grades. But what was really important about that drill program is it confirmed that the Wenban formation um, exists on the project. That is the primary ore host for all of the mines on the Cortez districts for over 50 million ounces of, of past reserves and current production. production. And, um, and you know, that's what really got us excited. Barrick had written that project off um, you know, 10 years ago, said it wasn't perspective. We came in, reinterpreted the geology and, and discovered that the Wenban actually did exist um, fully intact. And so what we did here is, is the last kind of six months, we've been rebuilding our geologic model based on that. We've kind of been quietly just working at it while we've been advancing our other assets and, and we realized pretty quickly that, you know, to fully kind of capture the potential of the project, we need to st- stake these claims, which were on trend of our two primary targets. We got the Mill Creek and the Godanacline targets. Uh, both are, you know, six to seven kilometer long um, structural, um, call it structural breaks in the project that show significant soils anomalies with Mill Creek actually having a, a historic intercept of 18 meters of 0.7 grams gold that never got followed up on. So, um, so yeah, so these projects, we actually staked on both sides of these targets. And, and I think we've extended them from originally, they were both about four to five kilometers long. Now we control close to uh, six to seven on both sides. So it's a pretty good chunk of ground. Uh, that wind band uh, formation, I mean, it is really important here because uh, you're not the first people to be on this property. Uh, you know, Elder Creek, there is kind of a historic pit there, but they were mining uh, some of the lower grade stuff and really bad host rock, uh, you know, and just kind of left it there. You showed me that pit, which is pretty fascinating. But this wind band formation, uh, you mentioned it is where a lot of the big boys are mining currently uh, along the Cortez trend. What, you know, what was it about this? You know, how did you come to, I guess, discover this wind band formation? And did that catch you by surprise? Well, you know, when, um, yeah, it did catch us by surprise. We, you know, you always hope that you're going to, you know, you kind of test an idea and it's going to work out. Um, but, you know, usually in geology, it doesn't. In this case, Mike and I, my, my VPX, when we acquired this, uh, we acquired the old historic core from the 1990s uh, back in late 2019. And um, we looked at the, the mineralized intercept and, and we 
you know, we weren't experts in the Cortez area, um, still aren't, but we're working on it. But, um, you know, we said, man, that doesn't look like Robert's mountain formation to us, but it's so altered. You really couldn't tell there was, you know, like there's the whole interval for, of the wind band is essentially altered, right? So 18 meters of that interval actually ran, you know, 0.7 grams per ton, but the whole interval is totally messed up and sheared. And so we thought that maybe there was potential for wind band, the gravity, uh, anomaly in our, in our gravity, uh, geophysics suggests this upthrown block um, that's roughly three, four kilometers wide of carbonates that had never been drill tested. So we just plunked a couple holes um, down on that to see if we could hit shallower uh, carbonates. We figured we'd probably hit the Roberts Mountain and instead we hit the Windman. So it was a really great development for the project. Well, that was in Mill Creek and that actual uh, kind of uh, trend, it goes straight towards into the, the old Greystone mine. What are you seeing? For, can you tell anything from uh, Greystone, which kind of points out to posit, uh, you know, being optimistic here at Mill Creek? Yeah, we um, so we've we've been aware of the Greystone mine, you know, obviously since we first picked it up. But once we kind of real started understanding the structural, um, um, like the main structural fabric, which is this northwest trending trending normal fault system, um, the same um, the same fault that essentially mineralizes at surface all these surface anomalies in the Mill Creek area. Well, that cuts right down through Greystone. Um, Greystone is a barite mine; it's not a gold mine. But if you look across the, uh, you know, all of Nevada at some of the largest uh, gold, Carlin-type gold mines across the state, almost all of them have a spatial association with bar- uh, barite mines at surface. Those barite mines are a sign of huge fluid flow along the major structures. So usually you see the barite along the, the ore controlling structures. Usually those barite mines, that'll just be kind of the exhalative, not related to the gold system, but it's just fluid flowing up those big faults over time. So it's kind of an indicator of, of a major fault structure in our opinion. Um, and it cuts right up through Mill Creek. So that's why we wanted to stake down all the way through to Greystone. We kind of onion skinned them a little bit as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're, uh, we're pretty excited to go out and, um, do some field work this fall and hopefully get some drill holes on it, uh, early next year. All right. So maybe some target generation type work happening this fall, drill yep. next year. Uh, let's go over to, uh, the Selena project. Uh, this was our first stop on the tour last week, Chad. I mean, you really get a sense of how, uh, silver mineralization really increases uh, the lower elevation you come off of that hill. Um, it's really interesting. But this too, you also went in, acquired more land in Salina. I mean, this is really a district scale opportunity now. Yeah, no, and, and it is. And and I mean, we've, uh, Mike and I both, we just really believe in that if, you know, if you make a discovery, you really don't know how it's going to develop, right? Like in our case at Salina, you know, it started as a gold play, then it, you know, transitioned to silver as we got, we began to understand it more. And now we're realizing that there's, you know, um, silver, lead, zinc kind of CRD discovery potential out to the West towards where we stake. So um, I think in the early days, it's in the long run, it's quite cheap to acquire ground early because it sure gets expensive quick if you don't do it. And then you drill a great hole at the edge of your property boundary, right? So um, we're trying to be proactive. We believe that that project has a ton of exploration potential. And um, those that ground we picked up, I think, plays into that uh, strategy. Uh, we do have some drill results still pending. Do you have any idea when we might receive some more results from Selena here? Yeah, I'd hope to, I'd, I'd really hope to have results out, you know, as early as this week previously, but you know, the lab, the labs are busy and stuff. So, um, I think, uh, we're hoping in the next week to two we'll, week to two weeks, we'll have, uh, all of the remaining results out for Selena. Okay. And then, but uh, any, any other work on Selena taking place, uh, following this drill program? Yeah. So we're, once we get done with Carlin East, we're going to hit both Swift and Car- and Selena quite hard with field work. So, um, 
now that we 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 had never looked at Selena as a potentially a zoned porphyry system, which we now strongly believe it is. So we need to go back out. And we need to take another fresh look at this with a you know field work mapping, um, doing a bunch more soils and tying that all together with an IP survey that we're currently reprocessing. So um, I think to to have a really effective program next spring and test some of those new claims that we just staked, we need to get our kind of head wrapped around the more larger porphyry zonation model. So that'll be a big focus this fall. Uh, let's head over to Carlinista. This really is kind of the discovery optionality that uh, you're working towards. You're putting three big holes over there. Uh, you know, when we were on on the mountain there, you literally could look down onto Gold Strike, and those big haul trucks looked like ants running around. Uh, but uh, just uh, you know, a couple kilometers to the south, you could see uh, Leeville's drills coming and heading your way. Uh, so this really is. You know, this is a play. You and I have talked about it before that you were not planning on being active on this property this year. But once you saw those drill results coming from Leeville, you said, well, maybe this is our opportunity. The drills were going on last week when we were on the ground. Uh, it sounds like the crew is taking a break for the for the 4th of July. So where are we now within this drill process? Yeah, the, the market's so crazy right now in Nevada that um, you can't even get um, drillers to, to spell off um, guys and keep rigs running 24, 24 seven. So, um, our crew went on break for the fourth and they've been off, they're taking their 10 day break and then we'll be back at it. So we're at 2,200 feet right now, still in upper plate rock. So roughly, uh, uh what's that? Sorry. I got to convert here roughly 600 meters, somewhere in that range, six, six fifty. Um, so, uh, you know, we're waiting for them to come back. Uh, pretty excited. We just finished all of our pre-callers. So we have all the pre-callers, the RC pre-callers ready. We drilled those super cheap with our drill contract. We'll be coming in and we'll just be pretty much walking our way back towards the southern boundary of our project, actually towards um, that drill rig that you saw on this side of the hill that was only two kilometers away. So in the time since Barrick put out their Q1 results for 2021, um, in our we in our what we've seen of their movement on the hillside, they've moved roughly a kilometer and a half closer to, to Carlin East during that time. So, uh, like you said, I mean, we weren't necessarily going to drill that project at the start of this year, but, um, with the success they're having, it makes a ton of sense. And we're really excited to, to hopefully get a good, uh, lower plate intercept and hopefully prove it's altered as well. What, how deep is this target? Do you think, uh, I think we're going to get into the target rock probably somewhere in that eight to 900 meter range. That'd be consistent with what they're drilling, uh, over at the North Leeville discovery. The gravity signature is very similar all the way across. So I think anywhere between eight to 900 would be our, our, our hope. And it could be as deep as a thousand. But um, yeah. you look at like four mile, for example, the top of that deposit is a thousand meters. The bottom of it is closer to 1500. So there's uh, lots of room to, to work up there. And we're really close to existing infrastructure underground mining already. So I think a discovery at those depths could still be very, uh, very exciting for a group like Nevada Gold Mines. Uh, you know, people would say, yo, you're going three holes and you're going really deep so obviously it's pretty dang expensive but that's a pretty conservative way of going after this i mean you, you've got about five million dollars in the bank uh however you don't want to go and, and blow all that uh, just drilling east carlin when you got selena and swift you know also in, in the works here so you know after this and you you take a look if 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 you do make a discovery yep on carlin east would you go back and put some more holes in there or is that really just kind of the breadwinner for for this year if we drill a discovery at carlin east that rig's not leaving till i get forced off the hill by the snowstorms in december so um we would keep going as long as we possibly could we have the cash in the bank to do so um we can drill wedges and directional drill holes off of those existing the those three original holes we can probably get probably 
oh, I don't know, comfortably four to five holes off each one of those, just wedging off and directional drilling off of those. And that cuts our cost considerably, right? If we can avoid drilling, if we can wedge off the hole at, let's say, 400 to 500 meters depth, and then continue that a new fresh hole down to 1,000 meters, we just saved uh, 500 meters times 200 bucks a, a meter, give or take, right? So 100 grand. Uh, the other question I thought I might ask you, just because I've heard, you know, I've heard this from other people I've had discussions with is, you know, and I hope you can answer this, you know, if there is a discovery made, yep. why would Nevada gold mines be interested in this project when they've got a bunch of land just immediately to your south that they're drilling off? Sure. Well, you know, I think Nevada gold mines definitely, you, know, you look at Bristow, they've made Nevada their center point for the growth of the company, essentially, like for, for new discoveries. Um, so I think the proximity to the gold strike uh, roaster is probably the very first um, thing I'd point out is that um, most of the discoveries being made in Nevada that are deep nowadays are refractory. And the biggest, you know, I think, hill to get over is can you get that ore to a mill in a reasonable trucking distance? We're only two and a half kilometers away. So the cost, um, having the infrastructure right there, you have the North Leeville discovery, which I'm certain in the next five to seven years will begin underground development as well um, to the north. So, you know, there's a lot of synergies for Nevada gold mines. They can use existing infrastructure, both underground and at surface to advance any discovery that we make. So um, there, you could say that our, uh, the, the value per ounce in the ground for a discovery at Carlin East would be incredibly high compared to a project, let's say, um, over at Jarrah Canyon or somewhere out in the middle by, you know, the Pequops, because you got to find a way to, ro to roast that material, right? Although Jarrah Canyon does have a roaster, so that's not a great comparison. <laughs> but yeah, does, but does Nevada gold mine need something like uh, Carlinese to feed that roaster when they are continue to explore, you know, up from Leeville? Yeah, my understanding pre-merger pre with, uh, you know, between the Barrick and Newmont, there was the gold strike mill was going to be hitting a tonnage crunch in 2025. So I'm sure that that merger helped to to kind of offset some of that. But at the end of the day, that mill is running, I think, somewhere in the twenty to 30,000 tons a day range. And it runs most efficiently when it's running twenty to 30,000 tons a day. So they want to keep that mill full. Um, they aren't making enough new discoveries to offset um, the production that they're doing. They're, they're mining more than they're, they're finding every year. So um, a new discovery close to that would help offset that uh, tonnage as well in the roaster. Uh, Chad, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, yeah, thanks again for the the time on the ground there last week. It's a, it was a it was a real pleasure to uh, get to know you and Mike and uh, and and really see the sights. Actually, it was really fun. it was really fun and, and very informative. That was a good time. I, that was the first tour I'd done in. Yeah, no, I mean that was the first tour I'd done in almost a year. I think almost two years. So it was <laughs> it was a long time coming, but I'm glad you guys were able to make it out. All right, that's Chad Peters from Ridgeline Minerals again. They trade on the TSX Venture with RDG, and also on the OTCQB with RDGMF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.